No, it takes a village. You hear people say that a lot. And with startups, it's you're, you don't have to be the person that has the idea. A lot of people put pressure on themselves. Oh, I'm really interested in starting a company, but I don't know what to do. You know, I don't have that. I've never been the one really that's come up with the idea. Um, I call myself an executor. So uh, the companies I've started, someone else has said, hey, you know, what about this? This is Wolfpack Career Chats, your favorite personal and professional development podcast. You will hear inspiring stories, people overcoming obstacles. This is Marcy Bullock, and I devote my life to helping other people figure out what to devote theirs to. Remember my top five P's. Stay present, trust the process, explore your path, release the pressure valve, and unleash your potential. Hello, this is Marcy Bullock. Welcome to Wolfpack Career Chats. I am so excited today. I get to interview Karen Levert. You are an inventor and an entrepreneur and an investor. You've done so many things in your life, and we're so excited to have you here today. Welcome. Thank you. It's good to be here. Yes, it's good to be here. We, As we were talking about before the show started, um, we've had two big months for, for groups, um, Black History Month, Women's History Month. You represent both of those groups. Um, tell us a little bit about what those months mean to you and what you would want to say to our listeners who may be in those two groups. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's different for everyone, right, in terms of what, what it means. And it can mean so many different uh things. Uh, For me, Black history, uh, being Black or African-American myself, it's nice. I think this year it's different. It's different because we've, um, you know, after the George Floyd murder, while we're in COVID times, I think that's very important because um, some of the police brutality was going on. And I don't think we were really aware until we were quiet enough to be aware and to see it. Everyone's at home and watching. Uh, So I think Black History Month is different in terms of there's just more awareness now of the Black experience and so much more from a conversational standpoint. I love it. You know, I think before we were in a position of not even a position, I think it wasn't as comfortable to talk about race. And now I had so many friends and acquaintances just say, you know, how, you know, can you help me understand this? And I think it's just way more open. And that's where we need to be. Um, No one's perfect. Our world's not going to be perfect, but we have dialogue. That's, that's a great thing. And on the Women's History Month, it makes me think I've been around so many strong women. Um, My grandmother always comes to mind and my great grandmother, just from a, and, you know, they weren't historic figures, but I think, again, it's about what everyone's different experience is. And mine, I have my grandmother and great-grandmother were born in a time because of the color of their skin and being women, couldn't vote. There were so many things they couldn't do. And and um, I feel like, you know, those are the shoulders that kind of got me to here. And so I just, I, I just think more broadly about, about 
women's history. Absolutely. And, and you're such a strong woman to represent um, for our audience today. Karen, tell, tell the audience a little bit about your journey, your background, what you're doing today. One thing I'll say is it's not linear. <laughs> and, and I think that's also a lesson to people listening. Uh, when you go to college, you, you major what you think is the best in that moment. And, um, and then as you go through life, other doors could open and you should just be open yourself to walk through open doors. I always say I've had times in my life where I push doors open as opposed to just walking through open doors. And there's a difference there. Um, and so I started out, my dad was an engineer, um, and he, he built uh, missile brains for the Minutemen missiles in uh, working for the Department of Defense and on like open house, I would go in there and see all the like big computers that now are about the size of our cell phones <laughs> that he would work on, big mainframe computers. And I was just really interested in in uh, in that. I was a I love math. Um, I was salutatorian in my class. And so when I graduated, I decided to major, it was the beginning of the IT degrees. So I had a business major with a concentration in computer science. And I was a developer out of undergrad. They called them all programmers then. And I learned to program on COBOL. And I worked for Nationwide Insurance, actually, behind the scenes doing programming. And and then I just kind of went through the ranks, decided to get an MBA while I was a programmer. And then that's how I ended up here. Once I got an MBA, it was more, I was heading the business route. And I came to North Carolina to run a 500-person service center. and. Um, so while I was here, uh, I was here for a year and a half. They were moving me out, and I realized I just really loved living here. So that was the first kind of change in, okay, I'm making a quality of life decision to stay in North Carolina. I didn't want to go back to cold areas. I grew up in Ohio, in the Midwest, actually, uh, around a lot of farms. And I'm pointing that out because I've kind of come full circle. Um, and so I started my own companies. And so I've started several companies. The last 17 or 18 years, I've been really fascinated. That's a long period of time, maybe older, almost as old as people listening to this. But I became really interested in university research and, and so started a company that really looks at research occurring in universities and helps get those ideas from your professors and you know grad students are in labs, et cetera, out to the commercial marketplace. So we partner with universities in that regard. So I have Southeast Tech Adventures and then Ag Tech Adventures, that comes full circle back to agriculture, where um, we're doing the same thing for ag. And then Marcy mentioned I'm an investor, I'm starting an ag uh, venture fund. So that's a lot of places from insurance to tech commercialization to now investing, but uh, it's it's been great and everything has just built on on the prior position. Yeah, like you said, it's not linear. And that's that's really interesting to hear your path from going from more of a technical degree to tying in the business. And then you just casually start these companies. So tell us a little bit more about how a woman like yourself just gets the confidence to say, I'm going to start a company. Yeah. So I, I should always point this out that you know, it takes a village. You hear people say that a lot. And with startups, it's you're, you don't have to be the person that has the idea. A lot of people put pressure on themselves. Oh, I'm really interested in starting a company. 
but I don't know what to do. You know, I don't have that. I've never been the one really that's come up with the idea. Um, I call myself an executor. So uh, the companies I've started, someone else has said, hey, you know, what about this? And then we jump in with both feet. And uh, and so you've got the people that start the company. So I am an executor where I'm going to get the company formed and I'll get the first employees hired. But if you're someone, you could be, you could come into a company. I mean, if you think of like Microsoft, the first 200 people that worked there made a huge amount of money. And if you look at these companies that are really successful, it wasn't necessarily the the first two or three, but so there's a there's a, a place. So for me, it was um, I am kind of bold if I really believe in something. I love to fundraise, and so I sell it then. And so it, it's more, yeah, I guess taking risk of starting these companies, but I, they are calculated risks. Yes. And you're reminding me of an earlier episode, um, episode 81 of Wolfpack Career Chats. We interviewed our professor in entrepreneurship, Jennifer Caps, and she talks about the entrepreneurship garage we have at NC State. So for students that really want to start their own business, I encourage you to check that episode out. So let's dig in a little bit to how your priorities have changed over these chapters of your life. You talked about wanting to have a better quality of life, liking North Carolina, settling here. Have things changed from early, mid to senior career? And if so, how? Yeah, um, that's a really good question. Um, When I was working for Nationwide Insurance, I was going to be a top exec there. Um, I was fast tracking to be that. I was in all the leadership development courses and um, getting moved around to get exposure. And it was, so the the first change was when I moved here and I really loved living here, but something else happened too. It was like, I didn't want to be in corporate America anymore. I was making a lot of suggestions and corporate America can't just change with people saying, oh, I think we should do this differently. They don't move like that. And so that was the first feeling of some frustration of, hey, I have these ideas and they can't implement them. And so that was the beginning of wanting to have a little more control over my life now in my work. So much harder and a lot less money is what the, the next thing that happened. So I kind of traded off money for control. And so that was probably a little bit of a shift. But in my head, I was thinking, okay, though I could make a lot more money being successful as an entrepreneur than getting a raise 5% a year or something like that. Um, So now when I look back, I'm less interested in money in terms of, oh, I've got to make the most money that I can possibly make. Right now, I want to pay my expenses and I want to help other people. And so though my expenses now are like not to be in a lot of debt and just pay for what I, you know, can pay for. So I've shifted from a financial mindset to um, I think my piece is not necessarily, oh, I've got to own all these things. But my piece is kind of walking the earth, hoping that I can make it a better place for other people, Um, you know, if it's mentoring some or, you know, just being in a financial position to be able to, if somebody needs something, to help help them in that regard. So it's less inwardly focused and more outwardly focused now as I age. 
Yes, with the wisdom, like you said, your life changes and you're now giving back, mentoring, just like you're doing on this podcast. So you took this risk and and I want to dive into that just for a moment because I believe all people who have a vibrant, exciting, successful life have done that. You know, I played it safe, said no one who had a really interesting life. So talk about this risk and and what are some of the downsides and how did you overcome the fear? I think that's that big word that we all have in the back of our head. A downside is not having the security. I think that so then you have to look at well, how are your relationships, right? I mean, it's not like you're going to take advantage of anyone, but you've got to be in a situation with your partners. And I'm in that situation where it's like, you know, when you have someone that completely supports you, it does give you a little more freedom because the fear is if you, I mean, we have to live in this world and pay for things. <laughs> so you can't, if, if, and so the fear is always, oh, I'm going to run out of money somewhere. And as an entrepreneur, I mean, you, the, the ones that really make it, they've all like scraped bankruptcy in some kind of way. And that's been me. Like I've cashed out 401ks and, you know, your home equity to just try to get there. And so that's the downside. The upside is a lot of control. And I, I say this in terms of you, I work harder than I did in a corporate position. But I also have more control. Like if I say, and we have a sailboat, like I want to go sailing for a week. It's like, I don't have to ask someone to do that. And I have control of my calendar. Cause that's the other thing. If that was the, that's the hardest thing. If you don't have control of your time, then it makes it difficult to have control over your life. But we all have to go through it when you're young. Uh, you're just, that's just, that's part of it. And then when you get older, like me, those are the kind of things that you can, you can take control of, but we all have to go through our kind of steps in getting to a place where we have more control. Right. And it sounds like you, like you talked about earlier, push through those doors. You just didn't accept that they were going to be closed for you. One thing I think that's interesting when I was looking at your current life, and I want you to describe it to me, you're on these boards, which I think a lot of people wonder, like, what does that mean? How do you get to be a board member and what do you actually do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's my thinking around boards. They, it really has evolved over time. One, when you don't have a lot of time, uh, most of my boards kind of align with things that help my businesses. So there are different ways you can look at it. And then I always try to get on a board where I'm helping other people. So that could be a church board or, you know, board for, you know, that helps autistic folks get jobs. I just think it's important to get on boards that are nonprofit or, um, a good of the order, and then also to be on boards that kind of help you from a career perspective. It's um, it's kind of a rite of passage for boards. Um, you know, you probably, unless a board's being very intentional and in saying we've got to get some college students on boards, which I'm in, I'm on the board of school of science and math. We deliberately said, oh, we've got to get some recent grads on this board. But typically, you know, you've got people that had have had experience being on a board and it's more of a governance thing. You know, you've got the people that are running the companies of the boards that you're on. You're not as a board member to run the company, but you're looking at things at a much higher level. So when I say governance, you know, making sure 
you know, the insurance policies or the, the right policies around the, the company. When you look at the financials, are they going to be able to be in business a few years from now? That's the kind of stuff you're at a little bit of a higher level as a board. In a lot of boards, I'll tell the students um, or anyone listening, as my work decreases, I want my like paid boards to increase. Some of these boards, you can make six figures sitting on you know, a public company board. It's a lot of work and you're not working full time doing other things, but uh, that's a, that's kind of a retirement goal for me as well. I love it. And you can, like you said, be giving back and doing things that are a cause that you care about. One of the things I wanted to move on to as we kind of get to the close is your advice to the the college students. So you've been in the business world and there's many different generations that could be at a company and different stereotypes about different generations. What do you think about the current 21-year-old starting their first job? What are some things you would want them to know? Yeah, I look back at that. I have looked back and it's like, boy, you know, how did I get through there? It's it's tough. You know, it's even tougher right now with COVID. I feel for uh, the folks that have graduated last year and will be graduating this year because you, you will start your careers on a lot of Zoom calls. So um, and so it, I think the best thing and it's not just it doesn't matter the age, but as much as possible you got to be yourself. And there's this authenticity that I think we learn a little bit later in life. Um, and if we could do that from the beginning and then being authentic in your first job, a lot of it is maybe if you don't understand something, you make sure that you understand it. And, um, you know, I think sometimes we have a, a potential to not ask or let people know we don't understand what's going on. And that's only going to put you further behind is as um, someone new in a position. I think it's really important to find people that are doing really well in the company that you're in, in your mind, and um, seeing if you can have a mentorship. You know, we talk about mentorship, and a lot of times we think of those as folks on the outside, but people within your company are the ones that can help you um, know what's the next position to get to. And if you could find someone within the organization that's, you know, a little higher up from a operating um, a position than you are, that that's great. And they can't. And you know, sometimes it may be hard to get the highest highest level of someone to mentor you, but you just need to get someone that's a couple of levels above you that that has been there for a while. Um, and then you have to work hard. I mean, it's just. There's nothing replaces just being very good at what you do. My parents always said, you know, it's just you just have to be the best that you can be. And that's what and and that's that should be everybody's uh, kind of mantra. I like that a lot. The mentorships are so important. And I've even heard about companies that have reverse mentors where the person right out of college is mentoring the more senior person, maybe helping them to understand some new technology. And I think it's such a mutually beneficial relationship. Yes, that's a, I hadn't heard that before, but I think that's really a good point. Yeah, we can all learn from each other. All right, we're at our last question, Karen, and I, I gave you a little bit of a, a warm-up. So we're now going to get on our time machine. We're going to travel 20 years, two decades into the future. What advice would you give to yourself today? So that's, uh, I, I would give myself the same advice that I give myself right now. 
and you know, I talked about authenticity or just being yourself. You know, once you, I think I would, I, I would, I'd say the same thing. Like you really have to get to know yourself. Um, and then, and then that gives you an opportunity to surround yourself with the right people. But I don't want to be any different 20 years from now in my thinking. I need to get better um, and more confident and more, um, not when I say confident, it's like that, that you believe that you can get there, whatever it is that you feel like you can achieve, you can do it. And so my thinking is not going to be any different 20 years from now. I think I will just um, have had an opportunity to get more comfortable in my skin and manifest those things. So that may be a very complicated way to answer your question, but I think I know what it is. And it's just now just growing to get there. Fantastic. Thank you so much. I like that getting comfortable in your own skin as each day passes. This has been a delightful conversation, Karen. Thank you. Thanks, Marcy. I appreciate it.